Religion, 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 religion. Get off religion. your high horse. Get off your high horse. Yeah, get off it already. Get off your high horse. What does it mean? Well, first of all, who be getting their horse fucked up? Know what I'm saying? And second of all, what kind of chronic they be using for a horse? And, uh, can I get some of that? All I know is, uh, and I can tell you this from first-hand experience, if you're gonna get off a horse of any kind, you better wear a raincoat, cause that shit gets messy. Uh, guys, get off your high horse doesn't have anything to do with drugging and diddling an animal. Oh, not that there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> it's a phrase that comes from medieval England, 200 years before Shakespeare. And the image of a person on a horse has to do with status. People of means in those days rode horses. Wealthy people literally talked down to common folk. High horse is a bit redundant, though, because any horse was a luxury. But wealthier people typically had stronger and thus bigger horses. More power. Get off your high horse meant the same thing then than it does now. It was an expression of sarcasm, a command to arrogant people to stop pretending that they have more power than they do. Got him back! Got him back! No tears for queers! No tears for queers! America too! America too! Thank God for Jim Sawyer! Thank God for Jim Sawyer! You're going to hell! You're going to hell! Wait a minute. The Bible said don't be acting like your shit don't stink. That's Matthew 7, verse 1. And if you go around telling everybody to buy fangu, you're just hurting yourself, because it's all going to come back to you anyways. And that's uh, Romans 2, verse 1. Right. And all of this has gotten me to thinking, how much of the time are we creating God in our image instead of the other way around? What do you mean? Well, according to the Westboro Baptist Church, God is an asshole. He really enjoys his hatred, and he loves sending people to hell. But my point is, maybe it's just Fred Phelps and his followers who are hateful people. And they project that nonsense on God. Hmm. I ride the CTA every day. And almost every day when I get on the train, I look to the left and I look to the right. And I just loathe the people around me. The fat man taking up three seats with his legs spread out across the aisle. The young woman yelling profanities in her cell phone. The crazy old man talking to his reflection in the window. The hipster shoveling his marinated tofu into his beard hole. The herd of high school kids screaming like hungry goats. I hate them all. I sit there and I seethe. I used to try reading, but I couldn't concentrate with all the noise. Plus, half the time the train driver rides the brake, which means I suffer from motion sickness if I read. Listening to my iPod is better. But half the time, I can't hear the classical music or the audiobooks that I prefer because somebody nearby is watching a YouTube video without headphones. And there is no such thing as politely asking these people to show more consideration and respect for each other. Because then they either look at you like you're the asshole, or they become more aggressive just to spite you. I damn near came to blows with a kid last summer on the Roosevelt platform in the South Loop. He sat down on the bench next to me with his boombox blaring. I gave him a dirty look. He responded by turning up the volume. So I yelled at him, Dude, nobody wants to hear your shitty fucking music. He stood up and said, Okay, let's go, motherfucker. He opened his jacket. No gun, no knife. We yelled at each other like lunatics for a full minute. 
a 53-year-old white guy and a 17-year-old black kid, each of us doing yet more harm to race relations in one of the most racially disturbed cities in the country. And then the train came, thank God, and we each got on different cars. But what if he had opened his jacket and pulled out a gun? Or what if an undercover cop had tasered me to prevent me from throttling a child? So now, I mostly just sit and breathe and pray. I practice the presence of God, as Brother Lawrence called it, which for me is hard work. There is no relaxing on the CTA. There is no serenity, at least none that I'm aware of. But I was reminded recently of a vision I had during a hypnotherapy session in the late 90s. On that recliner in Virginia Beach, Virginia, lay a man named Greg Silva, who truly hated himself, who was aggressively drinking himself to death on a daily basis. The voice of the therapist was inviting me to recreate my salvation experience. And if you haven't already heard me tell this story, in a nutshell, when I was 10 years old in Newport News, Virginia, I went into my bedroom and lied on my bed and asked Jesus to come into my heart. Immediately, I had a vision of a huge rock, larger than I, cracking open. Blinding light and warm water gushed out of the rock and flooded over me and through me. I was irrevocably changed. My eggs were scrambled. There was no going back. I would never not know what the peace of God felt like. Then the voice of the therapist was asking me to return to that rock and to imagine Jesus standing there and to describe what I saw. I told her that at first I was waiting for him to speak, but he didn't say anything. And then I was waiting for him to do something. But again, nothing happened. He neither beckoned me to come nor to go. He simply stood there, looking at me with complete, warm, gentle, loving acceptance and I was welcome to remain in his presence for as long as I liked. Whether or not we know it, and he'll forgive us.